welcome to the North Witch Podcast with your hosts, Azariel Flame and Sandra Von Holland. In this podcast, we explore all the things that can help us to be better and improve our lives in body, mind, and spirit. Looking at everything from witchcraft, sorcery, woo-woo, spirituality, biohacking, the mundane, and everything in between. We occasionally have on guests from various backgrounds, practices, and philosophies. We welcome everyone from all walks of life, from the left-hand path to the right-hand path, from the medical to the holistic, from the woo-woo to the scientific and everything in between. We have conversations and discussions about our experiences over the years, what works for us, what hasn't worked, and explore new theories and science, trying them out, seeing what works, and debunking what doesn't. Thank you for joining us on this wicked adventure along the crooked path as we adventure into the mysterious and wonderful world and welcome what truly works for us to become better witches, sorcerers, magicians, and our best selves so that we can live our best lives. May these conversations help you to ignite the light within. The views expressed by our guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of us here at Northwich Magic Co. All of the information shared on this podcast is anecdotal and shared for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or financial advice. Always consult a doctor, physician, or professional in their field before trying any of the things that may be discussed on this channel. Magic and holistic healing should work alongside allopathic care when necessary. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Northwich Podcast. On today's episode, we have Jason Augustus Newcomb, who has just now released the PGM Tarot, which was a very successful Kickstarter campaign. He's also the author of New Hermetics. He is a teacher of meditation and has meditation downloads. And you can um, order from him on his Etsy store. You can get the PGM Tarot there. And he has a whole bunch of PGM-inspired and other magical inspired objects that you can purchase from him there including wonderful magical inks candles and more how's it going today jason it's going really well <laughs> how are you guys doing up in canada the Great. snow is finally starting to melt a little bit so that's been really nice we we have that uh, thing where mother nature is uh, being angry and she keeps opening the door and going and another thing and you know we get a, another dump of snow every other week <laughs> every other day well, you mean <laughs> yeah. it's officially our nine months of, of scorching hot as hell uh summer here pretty much so we have we have a short um sort of non-summer and then uh, summer for the rest so um <laughs> which isn't it isn't too terrible but it's it's it sometimes gets a bit um hot and sweaty here but uh yeah so everything's been going really well i've been working hard on trying to get um, the packages out from the, all the people that have ordered the New Hermetics Tarot and all of the, I mean, excuse me, the uh, the PGM Tarot and all of the extra things that go, that people have gotten along with it. And it is, it is a quite a complex situation, but I, but it's, uh, I think I'm over halfway done at this point. So the end is, is in sight and that's yeah, been That's fantastic. Nice. I know we're eagerly awaiting ours and we cannot wait to see them. It looks like it's an absolutely fantastic thing. So well worth the wait by the looks of it, which is fantastic. So, so far, most people have felt that way. So, so I'm, I'm really, I'm, I've actually been super <laughs> grateful that um, almost all the messages that I've received from people have been messages of support and, and sort of sympathy <laughs> over my situation and trying to get it done rather than, uh, you know, anger and, and um, you know, 
wanting, you know, give me my money back or give it to me fast or what's wrong with you, Jason. So uh, everyone has been pretty understanding. So it's been, it's been nice. Um, there, there were a lot of unexpected things that happened along the way. First of all, it was, it was a, a lot more successful than I, than I really uh, planned for. And I just sort of, I, I put some, some ideas that I thought would, would be kind of neat as, as uh, stretch goals in it. And all of them were reached within a week. <laughs> um, you know, like things that I were like, I was like, I, maybe I would do this, you know, and I, and so all of a sudden I, I, I felt like I needed to come up with more stretch goals. So, I mean, it's a, so like the whole thing just grew very much larger than I imagined. And, and, uh, so, I mean, the, the book that, that comes along with it is, is a lot more than I was planning to do. And, and the, the, there's an extra, um, 22 cards in the deck that I wasn't planning to include necessarily. So it's, it's quite, <laughs> It's quite, a, it's quite an extended project from what I originally sort of mapped out. How exciting though. That's great to see that it just grew and grew and grew. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, and I, you know, I, honestly, like there were, there were some things in, particularly in the cards that I, that I was sort of bummed that I couldn't find a place for in the original, you know, cause I was, I was trying to create a tarot that was a tarot. I didn't want to have it stray too far from sort of the, conceptualizations of the tarot that I've that I've worked with for my whole life because I'm actually I do um readings for people pretty frequently I, I'm a you know a professional tarot reader as part of what I do and I didn't want to create a tarot that I couldn't use you know there was something that was so so far from the tarot that it would be different so I mean I tried to create cards that were kind of in line with how you know most people read the tarot but at the same time I didn't want to include that sort of um, 19th century, you know, Golden Dawn Kabbalah aspect of things so much. I wanted it to be sort of genuinely looking back a little bit further into a different kind of symbol set and a different kind of um, esoteric background. I, I think I accomplished that to an extent, but in doing that, in trying to keep the tarot as much a tarot as possible, I had to leave out a number of deities and, 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 um, aspects of, of the Greek magical papyri that I that I would have liked to have included. And so by being able to do this sort of extended set of trumps and extra like full set of trumps in the whole thing, I got to include a lot more of those images and entities and so forth into the into the set. And um, I don't really give a um, a firm way in which I expect people to use the cards. You know, I, I've actually intentionally not labeled them for the most part, although I do say the names of the deities um, and I do um, sort of have a, an outline of, of, of how those go. I don't number any of the cards. Uh, the, the numbered cards are obviously numbered in the sense that they have um, images that relate to those, that number, but I don't Put that on them um, because I wanted them to be sort of talismanic and that you could use them um, as much on your altar for doing a spell as for doing a divination and and to me when I when I've used the tarot in the past I always kind of get distracted by the stuff that's written on it <laughs> you know rather than rather than just concentrating on the imagery and the and the um, energy of it um, so I wanted to create something that, that didn't have that and also I wanted to create um, a set of trumps that would have um, options for people because I know there are a number of different ways in which people have kind of mapped the Greek letters and Greek and you know I know that um, there's a there's a number of different approaches to how to kind of make a Greek version of the Trumps and I didn't want to like 
exclude any of those from it. So I tried to I tried to keep it as open as possible. So you can utilize them in different ways. You can use my sort of uh, outline that I've created, or you can use someone else's, and, and it's not numbered in a way that makes that seem wrong. That's very cool. So now with that, that's a very interesting thing too that you've done with this deck is you've taken them and you've made them so that they can be used for spell work. So uh, do you include like a number of spells that you recommend for each of the cards in the book or what can people expect with that? Well, like I said, I, I like to keep things open-ended so I'm not, I'm not recommending that people do anything, but I do, <laughs> one, of the, one of the stretch goals is that I was gonna create spells for all of the cards. And so, um, I've got spells for every single one of the numbered cards, um, with two exceptions that are um, the the talisman that's on it is a um, phylactery that you know would be utilized for a different spell. So I don't I didn't create a spell for that, but like I mentioned that you can use it for this or that spell. Um, and then I and then I have sort of my standard uh, visionary work that that I include in it um, for working with the the Trump images. Um, and also some suggestions on how you might utilize those for spells as well. So um, there's there's 40 plus spells in this the book that comes with it at this point. Um, that, like I said, that was one of my stretch goals. Originally, I was going to include maybe like five as examples of what you know. And I, I had it. I don't even remember what they were at this point, but they, but I had it in mind that there were you know there were there were a few that could, that I could say like oh this this is one way you could approach it. This is another way you could approach it. You know. But then I was just like okay. Well, I guess I have to create, a, so um, the largest single section of the book is actually the spells, even though they're, they're, they're done in a fairly, um, so like here, uh, you can, I don't know if you can read it, but, but you can see there's like two or three spells on this page. So they're not like extremely um, laid out, but it's, it's, you know, there's definitely spell work to be done in here. <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, since we're right on this, this actually jumps into one of the questions that we had in the PGM group already. And so they wanted to know what your inspiration for the PGM Tarot project was, as the one of the first questions there. Well, it was interesting because I, I wanted to create a tarot that related to more the numerology of the ancient world rather than the Kabbalah of the modern world, so to speak. Um, that was my first thought. And very quickly, uh, I was looking at imagery online and I thought this Greek pottery imagery looks a lot like tarot cards to me. You know, so, I, so as that kind of dawned on me, it really began to formulate in my mind, and then, um, and then I and then I realized that the Greek magical papyri have so many different images in them that are related to different kinds of spells that that that, that would be an interesting way of doing it. And I noticed that a lot of pottery um, of of that period, or really a slightly earlier period than the Greek magical papyri would have been, but has multiple layers in it. And so, um, let me see if I can grab a card here and show you what I'm talking about. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, it'll, it'll have sort of one scene along the one part of the, um, the, the vase, and then there'll be another scene in a different part. So I thought, well, I could kind of combine multiple images into one thing and create, you know, cards that have, okay, so here's, here's an example um, that have like one 
like a talisman up at the top and then sort of a different section that has the card figures in it. And then as I was kind of considering that, I, I thought, well, part, this, is, this is partly to do with just the shape of the cards. Um, but I thought, you know, this really doesn't, it, it's, it's too um, wide still. What, is there a third section that I could put in there? And then I, and then I thought about the, um, the, uh, the Homer Oracle that occupies about seven pages of the Betts book, the, you know, that's a sort of extended, there's sort of quotes from Homer, but I don't, I don't, I haven't, when I, when I've actually ex searched them out, which, you know, what exactly is being said, I haven't found a single one that completely matches with uh, the, the version of Homer that we, that we have today. So, which is strange yeah. because none of the scholars that um, write about it have ever mentioned that before. Like, I, you know, the, the, the bets people don't mention it and um, no other person that I've ever seen mention it has ever said that, but, but it does not quite seem to match with our current version, but um, there, there, there's always like a close, like, cause they, cause they put a line number in it. And I actually include that in at the very small in the cards, but if you go and search, um, you're not going to find these exact phrases anywhere, at least not, not any, I mean, I did not look them all up. So there may be some that perfectly match, but um, <laughs> all, all of the 20 or so that I looked at, cause I was like, what is, where is this coming from? What, what part of, <laughs> um, the, the, it, the, it doesn't, it doesn't completely the joys of hundreds of years of discrepancy between translators. <laughs> sure. Well, and obviously it was, it was, it was a, I don't, I don't know that it was as um, codified an idea, uh, you know, as, as it is today, you know, this is what Homer is, but I, you know, I mean, Homer was sort of a, an idea as much as he was a person, you know, so there were people probably modifying things that were orally presented for hundreds of years in various different directions. Um, so I mean, I mean, I don't know, but that it's, it seems like, yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a loose idea. Um, but so anyway, the, those are, those are the bottom part of it. And um, it's funny because my original intention was to really not have words on them at all because I didn't, because, because when I do readings, I, when I first started like sitting in a new age shop do, doing readings for the public, um, I brought my um, Alistair Crowley Thoth, book of thoth tarot deck because that was the one that i had used the most um and i found that the people who were getting readings would often get caught up in the little word that was at the bottom of the um the numbered cards you know things like ruin and um you know uh, uh indolence and stuff like that they would just their eyes would go there and then they and then there would be no way of of discussing the symbol in any other way than in reference to that word and i thought you know like i, I don't and so eventually I switched back to the Rider Weight, which was the first deck that I ever used because everyone's very familiar with that deck and, and it, it doesn't have those words in it that, that upset people. And, and, and people are, are um, you know, I tend to, my, my reading style tends to be sort of um, fluid. It, you know, it's not the, the same, you know, the symbol means the same thing, but it might, I might not explain it in the same way to the same person, you know, so it, it it's just my my feeling about who I'm I'm sitting with and the context of the other cards and so forth um, changes what I say somewhat and so um, that deck is is very easy to utilize that way because it it's just sort of a bunch of images that that people you know are familiar with but don't really know what they mean so <laughs> you know there, there's a lot to do um, so um, with this deck I I wanted that feeling to remain but then I ended up putting those um, Homer Oracle quotes in them. Luckily, they're all very sort of um, 
open-ended <laughs> so they don't they don't really you know there's there's a lot of possibility even if someone were to read one they're not necessarily going to get stuck on a particular idea because very often they aren't written in a complete sentence structure and they don't necessarily mean one thing they could mean any number of things so um i i, I there's still that that sense of looseness to it that i like while having um, an interesting little phrase um which would would allow a person who's not even all that familiar with the tarot to to just throw that phrase out there and, <laughs> and see how it lands um and then describe the images so for sure uh, I, I believe there's even a spell in the pgm for using the homer oracles as its own oracle like for a bibliomancy isn't there so you could probably do something similar to that with those well there's a lot of homer stuff actually in the, in the greek magical fire there's there's that that long extended thing that has um you know that's i that's based on um dice rolls uh yeah for, yeah for that's that. the one i was referencing yeah yeah, yeah well the, the, that's what i'm quoting on i i there are there are 213 of those i think and and um i obviously only take um 36 of them but um, <laughs> yeah, for sure they're 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 that's that's what the quotes at the bottom are is, is from that particular set of oracles um i just sort of went through it and allowed my uh consciousness to be guided towards the ones that that seemed to be related to, to the tarot cards to me so um that's an interesting journey for someone to go on to go through my journey on why I chose them. Some, <laughs> some of them seem very logical and other ones it's like, oh, I'm not even sure why I chose that. Um, but uh, Yeah, that's, de that's definitely got me thinking how I can use some dice to play with those cards now. <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's actually, I, I, I've been actually thinking as I've been um, putting things together, uh, I, one of the things that's been, that's been running through my mind is the, is the um, sort of traditional Greek, um bone uh, knuckle bone oracle and and how they they are related to the the greek gods and and i've been thinking what what because there's more of them than i have um and then there's some that i have that are, that aren't in in the set so but what card could i apply to each one of those to create a, an oracle that's just related to that system um so that'll be probably be an article that i publish at some point or something that i throw up on facebook i don't know super fun um, but it's just been percolating through my mind <laughs> Just the last few days um so yeah that so, was the inspiration that's that's awesome that's that's a very good inspiration i like it so then now you've got all of these spells tied in so the second question i'm just going to throw it at you because we're otherwise i'll forget and we'll have to come back to this um and they're interested in the spell work done with the cards so is there is there any I, you've already said that you keep them open-ended and stuff but is there anywhere you know like they're like phylacteries they can carry on them or are they um you know things that they can use as talismans or you know like how do how do some of the spells that you've already laid out work and how might someone adapt some of the cards to working with pgm okay well there's there's a couple different things uh related to that first of all yes uh some of the some of the cards are you know phylacteries from various spells so obviously you can you could carry them with you and a number of them are talismans that are basically for you know success victory love those sorts of you know things that are that are throughout um so i mean just just carrying around the deck <laughs> you're carrying around a bunch of a bunch of talismans um especially if you sort of worked with them for a while they become you know obviously more and more magical to you as you're um engaging with those symbols 
but but yeah, I mean the 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 book outlines a, a bunch of spells, and they're all they're all not not all of them, but most of them are kind of in the realm of sort of candle magic, where you put the the card down and you and there's a, a specific candle, and then maybe some other small items that that are are either from the PGM or related to the the PGM process, um, and then sort of the deities that are related to it are sometimes included in the sort of a layout of, of things that you that you'd put down and then basically just you know um i, I give it you know sort of an opening ceremony that you could utilize as, as an appendix but you can obviously use whatever seems appropriate to you and then basically just do you know do the spell and um uh, i've actually found it to be surprisingly effective uh, to be like a sort of very modern version of of the approach to these things um I have some some theories on on that personally, but um, another time and place we can discuss that. Uh, but so uh, there, there's a bunch of stuff in here, and obviously, you know, I, I think that people should take what I what I've given here and obviously put their own spin on it, and you know, make it their own if they want to. I don't I don't want to um, force people down the rabbit hole of thinking that this is the the one way that you can utilize these cards at all. <laughs> uh, and sure. I, I actually mentioned I mentioned that that you know that okay so tarot magic has sort of uh, it's a modern invention obviously that you know that is from the 20th century most likely is, is its beginning um, but uh, although I'm certainly I'm sure that there were a few people you know from the at least from the time of like the eight, you know 19th century when people were starting to consider the tarot to be an esoteric thing there probably were some versions of things at that point but we don't really have any record of that um but it's a modern thing and it, and it takes a few different forms usually there's either um it's it's a very informal thing sort of like one card sort of becomes like a you know a talisman and you and you charge something or a few cards have some sort of like a you know a, a process that are that is envisioned through those cards or the card is utilized as sort of a focal point and then some other items are added to it. And, and the spells in this book are kind of all in, in that latter category, just because it seemed more appropriate for the context. And I kind of create, I, I, I have a, a very limited um, pantry of items that would be required to do all these things correctly. Oh, I, I also should mention that one of the stretch goals was to, was to um, like pub, put, organize and publish my, um, materia magica of the pgm which is like all the all the physical items that are mentioned in it. and i and i do have that at the end um nice. i tried to make it i tried to make it as um concise as possible so that the book wouldn't explode into you know <laughs> thousands of pages but um so i mean like i i, I categorize certain things like if, if there's a, there's a number of places where just food is mentioned and, and so that you know i don't i don't try and distinguish or or mention each time that it is mentioned so i mean it's just sort of it's a it's a listing of things and um and how they correlate with the specific um deities that are in the cards so so it's so it's it's a it's consolidated although it, it oh and i i left out a, a couple of items that were i i mentioned most of them but there are a few things that are um in, in some of the more fragmentary particularly the pdm portion the demonic portion um that are like egyptian words for various kinds of stone or plant or animal that have not been identified 
um, by uh, modern scholarship. So I, I, a couple of those I left out, but everything else is is, uh, is in there. So it's a it's a multi-page listing of of all kinds of things. Oh, also um, one of the most common elements in in um, the magic and the Greek magical papyri is various forms of animal product, either actually sacrificing an animal or some part of an animal. And I kind of I made that pretty concise as well, just because um, it's you know obviously it's it's something that's important to the Greek magical papyri. I didn't want to didn't want to uh, pull it out, but a lot of it is pretty gross. So um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So uh, I don't remember where we were talking about before that. Oh, oh the, the spell work. So, yeah, so just the, the spell the, work with it. The, sort of the, the pantry of things that would be required to do the spells in here is, is pretty small. Most of it is stuff that most people probably have um, in their you know, arsenal anyway. So, I mean, like um, wormwood is probably the most uh, esoteric thing. And I, I think that probably the vast majority of people who've been practicing magic for any period of time have a bag of it somewhere in their house. So <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's a very inspired work. I like even just looking at the pictures of it. It like where did you draw some of this inspiration from? Because I, I know you had to create a number of these pottery images yourself. And what like where, how did you get the inspiration for them to you know create that kind of style? And then how did you piece them together? Because a lot of them are like you put really interesting correspondences in with some of them which is really cool so um <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of different factors that came into it uh, primarily it's it's actually i mean with the with the greek gods it's it's there there there's a there's three or four pieces of pottery that inspire pretty much every one of the images you know the, i don't think any of them with the possible exception of persephone um are completely just based on one image um, usually, it, there's if there is if it's mostly one image, I've probably simplified it. So because there's there's um, there's several periods in Greek pottery. Um, there's the extremely archaic that's just sort of like patterns, and then and then they start having black figures in them, and then the black figures start becoming more and more lifelike, and then they reverse it at a certain point, and and all of a sudden the the background is black and the figures are um, red, you know, pottery colored with various kinds of pigment added as well. To those and, and and once it gets to that point, they get more and more complicated until you know by the time we reach sort of the the tail end of the Roman Empire before Christianity completely takes over, they're extremely detailed with all kinds of crazy um, you know extra little bits and bobs on them. And I I I I artistically couldn't handle a lot of that, so I I kind of simplified back to like sort of the the probably about 700 BC is, is where, where my art style really sits. And so when, when I could only find an image that was in the more archaic black um, uh, figure one, or that was only in the much more modern, so to speak, um, more complicated one, I just sort of brought them to what I felt was that sort of period that I was comfortable with. Um, and, and most of the sort of um, way that they're standing or way that they're moving through the through the frame of the drawing is is from you know the the ancient pottery um it i may have just simplified it or made it slightly more complex depending on the the direction that i needed to go with it but to kind of keep it stylistically the same um with the with the numbered cards there's a lot of 
um, talismans that have been rendered in, in the papyri themselves. And wherever possible, I, I would go back to, you know, a microfiche or a, you know, a, P, a PDF file of the, the actual uh, papyri rather than, you know, the more modern versions of it, the, um, the Betts version or the Pressendance uh, German version, which actually has the Greek text in it. Um, I, I looked at those when I had to, but I tried to as much as possible focus on on the actual um, ancient work. But then obviously I, I also sort of stylized it to sort of fit with my artistic style as well. Um, and a lot of it wasn't really rendered. So, I mean, a lot of the images of talismans are based on what it says in, in the text that I've you know done my best to interpret and make um, an artistic talisman out of. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the Greek magical virus is, is coming alive um, for the first time in you know 2,000 years uh, as an actual image that isn't just a description, um, which is which was kind of neat to once I started seeing them all together <laughs> as a unit, going wow I've really kind of like brought a lot of things into the into the into the <laughs> physical world that were just sort of ideas, um, uh, and then the 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 numbered cards have a f uh, a number of figures and they have a the, you know, if it's the, if it's the 10, there'll be 10 people and 10 of whatever, whether it's a wand or a cup or a sword, there'll be 10 of, e of each of those things in the little image. And as much as possible, I tried to somewhat base those on um, pottery images that were out there. But, uh, and I, and I went with the, the black, uh, earlier black pottery style um, for those, those, but obviously, you know, the tarot um, doesn't, you know, there, are, there aren't enough variations of those sorts of things to really uh, make them all directly related to historical objects, but um, I tried to make it somewhat related to them at least. Uh, the one, the one thing that I was most fudging was the swords, because almost all Greek pottery has spears instead of swords. But spears and and um, staffs or wands are, are too similar to each other. It would, they're already because of the fact that they only occupy a third of the card. They're already smaller than you would see in a normal tarot deck to begin with, and to have those like little tiny things. I mean, it's a, I, I like the Marseille tarot, but it's sort of confusing to look at sometimes because the swords and the, and the wands, like the sword, the only difference between them is that the, the swords are, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, circular or, or you know, yeah. they're, they're rounded and the, the wands are straight. But other than that, they, they look very similar to one another. So if you're just, if you're just throwing those cards out, you're like, you can look at them and get a little confused as to which way. And I didn't, I didn't want to have that feeling I wanted it. I wanted you to be able to know this is the card that I'm looking at right now, um, and obviously the talismans helped that a good bit as well. So, um, so yeah, uh, I don't remember what the question was, but that was my answer. That was long. <laughs> that was a fantastic <laughs> answer to that question. You don't remember? It's great. I, I am. I am thoroughly satisfied with that one, Jason. Okay. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully whoever asked it is satisfied. <laughs> um, so then, with that, um, since you were just talking about you know the pips and how things can be a little bit different, um, one of the questions that was asked is, how did you assign the talismans to the pips? How did you come up with the revelations for that? Again, it was a it was a largely intuitive rather than intellectual process it was um I, I mean i would say out of the the 36 um talismanic images uh that are you know from numbered there 
at least 30 of them, I think that you would, you would look at them and go, okay, yeah, I get, I get why that would be the case with the, you know, sort of energy of the car. Um, a few of them, it, it's sort of like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. That was just the, the, the divine inspiration that, that came through and that, that's what happened. Um, but I mean, there's things like, okay, so, and again, like, I, I can't claim this isn't like an intellectual or me being clever process. It just sort of, I don't know, it, it came through me. But like uh, the um, the seven of, of pentacles, the um, you know the sort of rider weight version of that is a is a guy. He's a farmer and he's kind of like waiting for his crops to be ready to to come in. And the and the divinatory meaning is kind of like, oh, you're you know disappointment. You're not getting you know you're not you you're not getting delays and things aren't coming to you as you want them. Um, and so that card is. Um, it's, it's again, it, I, I kept that sort of agrarian feel. There are a number of the cards that kind of are an homage to the Rider Waite, but it, unlike most decks, it doesn't, it doesn't at all look like a Rider Waite. Um, but, but so it's, it's, a, it's a people sort of waiting for something to happen. And the, and the, the talisman is based on this, um, this spell in which you take an egg and you write a number of um, magical phrases on it, um, you know, uh, uh, barbarous names and so forth and you're supposed to bury it on your property and uh, and it's supposed to bring you business so um that's just very like imagistically i, I don't even know if i was aware of the, of the you know it's 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 the same i it's the idea of sort of like burying something in order to have it grow for you and it, and it somewhat fixes the the card <laughs> which is the you know things are delayed so this is this is a an egg that you plant in order to to grow the things that you want. And a number of the talismans are, are that way. They sort of, they don't reverse the meaning of it, but they sort of like, they heal whatever the, the sort of dilemma that the card brings up is. Um, a number of them, especially the swords, which you know obviously tend to be a little bit more antagonistic to begin with, are not necessarily a, a healing. They're, they're actually sort of emphasizing it even more. They're, you know, they're, you know, there's problems and here's how to make the problem bigger. Uh, so, uh, but but a lot of them sort of are related to the divinatory meaning, but kind of fix it or help you to overcome it, um, which would mean that as a as a reader, if you wanted to, um, you know, if, if the person strongly identifies with what's going on in that card, you could say, well, you know, you should probably get this candle that has. <laughs> <laughs> the talisman on it that would that would help you to move beyond that so um you know that's that's a obviously a you know a one one way in which all this stuff could be applied fantastic so now with creating these i'm sure that you've had a pretty intimate connection to each of the cards um so which one had the strongest connection influence or lasting impression for you in your life like which one did you get the biggest connection with out of the whole thing with this whole process well there's really you know there's there's three different things going on in the deck there's the the major arcana which are the you know the the, the divinities um, there's the minor arcana that are all those, um, you know, talismans and, and, and images that I was just talking about. Um, and then there's the, the court cards, which you can actually see the images from the court cards a little bit back here. Um, these are some of the court card images. And um, the court cards were actually the hardest part for me. And I'm going to let I'm going to let people discover what they are more 
um, clearly reading the book um, on them <laughs> rather than me going through that whole process, uh, you know, telling that whole story. But um, in terms of um, the court cards, my favorite one is just off camera. It's the it's the Queen of Wands. Um, uh, in terms of the major arcana. It's got to be Hermes. He was the first one that I drew. Um, he was kind of the inspiration for the whole deck in some ways. Um, Hecate was the second one, and so she would probably be second. And then third would be Aphrodite, just because I, 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 for some reason, I really like the drawing. Um, oh, and fourth would be Zeus. Um, I really like that as well. Uh, I like all of them. I don't want to get in any <laughs> trouble. But, uh, <laughs> those are the ones that, that I feel the closest to. Uh, just from the the, the artistic connection, um, and the card that I like the most, and, it, and it, there's no rational reason behind this, but I really like the Two of Cups, which has um, uh, uh, maybe I'll, no, I, I won't try to make that. Oh, but you can see the talisman on the side. <laughs> of the, box here. Um, the it's got this. It's got it's the it's the um, the dog spell for for obtaining love. It's the fetching spell. Um, and I just, I really liked the, the drawing, the, um, I, I sort of made him a little bit more anubis even though he's, he's a uh, Kerberos in the, um, in, in the spell to a certain extent, but there's definitely an Anubis quality to it as well. So, um, but I, but he, you know, he's got, he's got this, um, these symbols across his body. I don't know if those are going to be visible in your, in your cameras, but, um, and I really like him. And then I, and I like the, I like the, 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 the cup the, basically, um, there's a, um, in, in ancient culture, they often took wine and water and mixed them together um, in order to make a drink that was a little bit like the party last longer or something. I don't know. Um, that, was, that was the way that they, they mostly drank. So, so the, there's two women coming together and they're, they're, they're holding a jug um, for water and the other one's holding a jug for wine and they're just coming together. So it's sort of like a, it's, it's, it represents that sort of love feeling the cup, the, the, the two of cups has, but it's much more sort of um, muted and, and sublimated into something that's more, you know, metaphorical rather than uh, really obvious. Um, and then it has this super obvious dog who's meant to take the powers of dead and force someone to be attracted to you. So I don't know. <laughs> there's, something, there's something about that juxtaposition. Um, so that's fantastic. All right. We got one more question here for the PGM group, and then we can do some more chatting. There must have been a lot of art history research that went into this. I'm wondering if you noticed anything artistically that helped you better understand a particular deity. There has always been a lot of implied meaning in art in the art depicting the gods. Well, I guess my answer to that question is, uh, first of all, yes, there was a lot of uh, art history exploration. Uh, we actually, I was surprised to discover that down here in, in Florida, despite being a, you know, um, a culture free zone, we have uh, the Tampa Museum of Art actually has a very large um, Greek pottery collection. Uh, and I, you know, and I'm I'm from Boston, and I've been to New York and LA, and, and they have much larger collections. Um, and you know, I've I visited those as well um, previous to this project. But while in, in the midst of the project, I discovered that I had this resource, and I, I got to spend you know a, a day just sort of really enjoying um, 
looking at at, at at this pottery that is down here in Florida. I was quite surprised. I really didn't think. I mean, no offense to Florida. Um, <laughs> I, it's, my, it's my it's my home of choice, but you know, I didn't I didn't think that they really cared about things like that. Um, and and in fact, the rest of the museum is largely a lot of very weird modern art, and then this this giant section of, of pottery. But um, the 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 process of exploring these deities, I feel like I kind of went into it with what I knew I wanted to do, which is that um, a lot of um, a lot of the way that we look at the at the ancient deities is through sculpture and very sort of serious, um, you know, images that that feel very aloof. You know, it, supposedly some of them were actually painted colorfully in the past, and and the and the white remnants are actually something that you know that that's our experience, but not theirs. Um, but even if they were colored, there's this there's a certain distance from the the uh, you know the empty eyes and so forth. That when you look at the pottery art, they're much more sort of personal and um, approachable than you see them in. Uh, a lot of the way that the way that we look at the at the at the ancient deities, and and I, I I saw that, and I was immediately drawn toward it, and thought this is the way that I would like to present these deities in a tarot. Um, first of all, because um, to an extent, pottery is, you know, it, it, while it can last for a very long time, it, it does have a, a bit of a um, disposable quality. You know, it gets broken, and and people move on to other things. Um, it, and, and cards are sort of that same sort of thing. You know, it's, it's something that's temporary. It's not necessarily, I mean, hopefully everyone will keep their, their, uh, their tarot forever, but, but they do, they do wear out and so forth. So, I mean, it's not, it's, a, it's a statue has this permanence, this, um, um, this sort of otherness that is not as easily approached to me in my mind. Um, that might mean, that might not be true of everybody. That's just the way I feel. Um, and I like statues, and I and I you know and I and I and I uh, have many of them in my life. But I, but just the the personality that's visible in 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 the um, the way in which it, it was represented on pottery um, really drew me to it instantly. So it's not it wasn't so much a journey of discovery as sort of a how can I express this feeling that I'm getting from this as well as I can, if that makes any sense. For sure. And so did you discover anything uh, that was a revelation to you about any of the deities as you were doing the artistic research? For sure. Um, lots of things. Um, one of the things that I thought was most interesting was how many of the, of the images that actually that I that I thought, oh, I'd like this 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 deity to be assigned to this card, that there actually was a piece of pottery that really felt very close to it. Like, for instance, um, Kronos, who I, I knew I wanted Kronos to be the hermit instantly before I even looked into it. And there's a wonderful piece of art that I've kind of um, adapted a little bit where he's actually holding a staff in one hand and in the other hand, he's almost about to take the Umphalo stone, the, you know, the stone that's supposed to be Zeus. Um, and so I actually have it in his hand because it more resembled, slightly more resembled the, the hermit to me, but, but it, but it, it's very hermit-like, you know, and, and um, Iris, although some of the art that's that 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 sometimes it's called Iris um, may not maybe a, a different deity, but but I, there's a lot of imagery of um, Iris with a with wings, 
holding a, a cup in her hand, pouring it, that looks so much like the temperance card. It's, it's, it's wild. And that was, that was uh, my original thought was, you know, oh, the, 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 you know, the goddess of, of uh, the rainbow, because temperance is, I mean, this is, again, this is getting a little, I let a little bit of the, you know, Golden Dawn Kabbalah slip in, but, you know, temperance is, is, the, is the card that uh, represents, it's like the, the middle pillar that has the rainbow um, bow and arrow that shoots up into Tifret. So, uh, so I mean, like, like that popped into my head and boom, there was a piece of art that looked just like the temperance card. So, um, so I mean, that happened over and over and over again. Uh, as far as uh, new understandings about the gods themselves um, and my relationship to them, I definitely, I, I feel much closer to the whole Greek and Egyptian pantheon than I, than I did before. And, and it's something that I've worked with for, you know, 30 years or more, but I definitely feel um, more of a, a kinship with it than ever before. And that was, uh, I, I don't even remember if this was on in the recording or when we were talking beforehand, but when I, when I had those stretch goals, I was feeling genuinely bad that I hadn't found a place for Aries in the, in the cards. I was like, you know, this is, I feel like he's being left out. He's not really mentioned in the PGM except for maybe one, one or two times. So he didn't really kind of belong in the project, but all the other gods that are like the planetary gods, although obviously these, the, these images aren't necessarily planetary at all, but, but the other six of them were all in there, but not Aries. And I felt, I just felt, you know, bad about it. And then the, and then the, um, uh, the the twelve Olympians. There were several that weren't that weren't mentioned. Again, that aren't really mentioned in the PGM much at all, and that and that didn't fit into my into a tarot scheme. And so I got the opportunity to, to fill that out. And then obviously the Egyptian deities, which a lot of the PGM deities are masks of, weren't in it at all. And so so I got the opportunity to add some of them into it. And then I got the opportunity to add a few of the sort of weird entities that are you know Gnostic slash magical entities that are mentioned throughout the throughout the pgm and throughout gnostic where i got to bring some of those into it as well so um the stretch goals definitely allowed me to fill out things a little bit more that, that didn't fit into the 22 you know uh cards of the major arcana of the tarot so that's nice i i've actually i when i first started working with this i i included all of them while i was doing readings but personally I've not been doing that as much because, <laughs> because <laughs> I just, there's, it's just too many um, major arcanas and it just ends up being your readings are very heavy in the major arcana when you use them. Now, some people might like that, you know, again, I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but when I have done, when I did earlier interviews, when I just finished the deck and was just starting to use it um, with, with the world, um, I was feeling like, ah, whatever. 44 major arcana is just as good as 22 but and I actually I kind of mentioned that in the book too but um I I definitely think it's probably better to yeah and it doesn't need to be 22 I mean that's something that we're committed to only because it was a card game and then somebody thought oh it also matches the Hebrew alphabet neither of those things are relevant to utilizing it as an oracle for yourself so if you want to have 24 or you want to have 26 or you want to have all 44 in there it's all it's up to you but um I just think that all 44 is a lot Especially since like sometimes you, you put down one and it's Hermes and then you put down another and it's Thoth and then you put down another and it's, you know, one of the cards that has a 
Hermes or Thoth talisman in it. And it's like, well, this is a lot of that particular, I mean, there can be a meaning in that, but at the same time, it becomes a, a lot harder to continue the conversation with the person if it's just one thing over and over and over again. Um, so that's my little thought for the day. Awesome. I was actually going to ask you about that. How has your experience been using all of them versus just 22? So <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool like, to get like your I said, insight on that. There's, there's definitely, you know, I mean, the, the, the thing is that there's some that are fun that I've ended up pulling out, um, you know, that, that I wish I could have back in, but it just, I mean, and, you know, honestly, sometimes I leave them in, you know, it just, it just depends on my mood. So, uh, sure. it's, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, there's a lot of, we live in a time in which we pretend that the tarot is something different than it is, that it's much more, um, inherently magical than it is and at the same time we also have a bunch of things that are just oracle cards that have like 30 cards in them and those are also used for the same purpose so <laughs> so we have this this one thing that's been elevated outside of its really historical context and then other stuff that has no historical context that we treat in exactly the same way as as the you know, mystical thing so i mean i kind of feel like at a certain point we need to go yeah, anyone can just do what they feel is the right thing for them <laughs> and, and just utilize it in the way that works well for them. If it's, if it's giving you good results to utilize all of the, all, you know, 100 of the cards, um, go right ahead. <laughs> if, if it's, Absolutely. if it feels like a lot, it does, it, I gotta say, when you hand it to someone, because these cards are actually, they're not like super thick, like some, um, tarot decks have these or oracle decks have these like cards that are almost they almost feel like they're like three cards glued together they're so incredibly thick and they have this gold gilt edge um and they just they're very thick these are more like um if you've ever held a tarot deck from the 1970s or earlier they tended to be on a little bit more flat um uh card stock and a little bit thicker and more uh, springy than, than what we see in a lot of decks these days. These feel more in that line. Um, so the hundred cards is um, pretty thick, you know, it's not, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, when I hand a deck to, um, you know, a member of the public that hasn't held a lot of large decks before, even a, a regular sized tarot deck, they're like, whoa, this is a lot to manage. And when you hand this hundred card deck to people, a lot of people are like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I'm completely at a loss with what you've handed me. So <laughs> <laughs> keep that in mind as well. <laughs> For sure. So have you moved to using your deck in your readings that you do? Sometimes it, it depends. It depends on the, on the context um, and who, who I'm working with. Um, certainly there are people who um, I just don't think it, you know, it would be right. For them. <laughs> um, it's too, it's too magical and it's too um, unusual. And they would, and you know, like when I'm, when I'm doing a tarot reading, I want it to be helpful to the person. I don't want them to be so distracted by the process that they're, um, not getting anything out of it other than just sort of like oh those are weird cards that you've got there um so i mean i will use it more with a more magical person than than with a a, a more lay person if that makes sense great 
So you've been pretty quiet there the whole time there, Ma. I know, I know you've got to have some well, I just, I questions need to see from the deck. I need to feel it. I want to feel it. I'm excited right, well, to get it. <laughs> I'm going I'm to try and get you guys your uh, your shipment this week. So hopefully within within you know a week or two, you guys will have it. And uh, if you want to have me back on and talk about it again, I'd be happy to. So. Oh, we'll for sure have to do that once we're sure. once we have them in our hot little hands. And so now, because this is, I mean, by all intents and purposes, this could be looked at as almost like a chaotic version of the Greek, Greek magical papyri. Have you found any interesting ways that you're using the cards now as maybe a magical? device rather than just a reading device that you hadn't really thought of before or maybe you know something that you carry around on you now or that you you know what i mean like something that you've put into practice from this that kind of shocked you <laughs> i mean i don't i don't know that it shocked me because i was i was kind of as i was creating it i was kind of going wow i have a lot of magical ideas for how i'm going to be utilizing this so you know i, I don't i don't know that anything really jumped you know, past what, what where I was then. Maybe that maybe that will happen eventually. Um, but I do have this secondary thing that I that I find myself um, utilizing a lot, which is that oh, this, again, this was a sort of a I don't think this was a stretch goal. I think this was something that I offered from the beginning. But I created these cards that just have the talismans on them. Um, so uh, with a little little border, a little Greek border around it. But um, so this is uh, the uh, Stelle of Aphrodite and um, all, all of them, and, and then also I have the all of the PD images as well on little cards like this, and I and I find myself actually utilizing these more <laughs> for for magical purposes than, than the cards themselves. And I guess that surprised me because I because I you know this was sort of an idea that kind of came from like oh I, I like the way they look just by themselves. Maybe I should put them on cards. <laughs> On their own outside of this uh, this tech situation, so um, that magically these these find their place in my life more than than the, the tarot cards, and I, I utilize the tarot cards largely just for doing reading. Although I have done some, you know, workings with them as well, but not not nearly as much as these. Um, and I really like the candles as well. That's a really, um, you know, I, I've created the. Vessel, what, is, what are they called? The uh, uh, vigil candles. Vigil um, candles, yeah. Yeah, uh, with the um, with all of the um, imagery on them, and I've utilized those quite a few times um, as well. So um, these images have jumped outside of the tarot <laughs> into other places as well. In my life. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I exciting to see that. I can't wait to start playing with them. I have some really cool ideas myself. So I, I, I love that you kind of le left things open-ended. That's something that I thought was really cool myself right off the bat. Like, you know, you, like you said, most people would think a hundred cards is way too much, but I'm like, Oh, a hundred cards. I have so many ideas for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the, the standard tarot is, is within there. So it's just, there's just yeah. have been an extra 22 cards. Which that actually that was something that, that I'd never act for some reason I I I am not really a math person so I'd never thought about the fact that seventy eight cards is exactly twenty two cards away from being one hundred. Never thought of that until until I started creating them and I was like oh this makes it exactly one hundred now huh interesting um, <laughs> for sure so yeah 
So you said that your first couple cards that came out were Hecate and Hermes. Do, do you feel that maybe you were kind of guided through Gnosis with them on how to put these together? Like, did you feel that there was kind of more of a magical bond coming from, because they're very much communicator spirits, crossroad spirits, you know, do, do you feel that a lot of that poured through you when you made this? Honestly, yes, that is both true in a more metaphorical sense, but also in a very material sense. At a certain point, I had a bunch of images and ideas, and I literally took my Hecate statue and my Hermes statue, and I put them on an altar in the middle of all of it, and I said, where am I supposed to put these things? And I and that <laughs> that was my process for, for, for making some of the decisions were already there, but for filling in the holes and, and where, where things weren't making as much sense to me. So um, yes, they were both very much a part of the of the process. The third image that I did was actually Typhon as well. So um, although oh, nice. he's not as much of an advisor. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I just think it, it's such a great project and we can't wait to get them and play with them. And we'll definitely give you some more shout outs on the YouTube channel and whatnot when we get them. We'll do a nice unboxing or something for you. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate the excitement, although I must admit it also makes me feel incredibly guilty anytime anyone talks about being excited about receiving them. I'm like, oh, why aren't they already in their hands? Um, so <laughs> it's all good to wait. In this good world that we wait. live in, <laughs> we are so used to delays now. Like, honestly, we went to order, like, we, we do our slate altar tiles and we went to order more slate the other day. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have some more available in 13 months. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, it's what, what, what do you mean? We ordered a thousand 12 months ago. Like yeah. what the shit? So did you have any more questions there for Jason Ma? And Well, I, I had I, wanted to get into more of what you do as well, Jason, but we've um, gone over our time with you. So obviously we just have to have you back again and go yeah, over all, I mean, your, I mean, all the great me, things that you offer. Let me just mention that I do my jasonaugustusnewcomb.com is my is my main site. And if you type that in, you're going to get to a place where you can see a lot of the other things that I do, including online courses and obviously this tarot. And um, I also make a lot of other magical tools that may or may not be associated with me consciously in people's minds. But I but I am pretty present in the magical lives of an awful lot of people. So, um, yeah, so you know, go jasonaugustusnewton.com is probably the easiest place to go. I also, I also do a podcast myself called Inside the Magic Circle, in which I interview um, other magicians about what they're, what they're up to in the way that you probably wanted to do with me. And we'll do it next time, I promise. <laughs> Sounds good. It's great when it always leads to another one, right? Then right? No, absolutely. Great. I, I'm, great I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you, to you folks more. You seem like really cool people. So uh, <laughs> for sure. We definitely enjoyed having you on. Thanks for coming. And uh, thanks for the patience on your end for things being rescheduled, but with us and, you know, <laughs> that's for your patience uh, for things being rescheduled by me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Joys of a podcaster. <laughs> so, and all right, everybody, you can find Jason's stuff at his aforementioned website. He also has a lovely Etsy where you can get a whole bunch of other PGM tools and stuff from. So I definitely recommend checking that out, Ape of Trismegistus. And I've definitely got some ink going to be coming here in the next few days from you. <laughs> and other than that, we will see you guys all in the next exciting episode of the Northwich Podcast. <laughs>